Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, yes indeed, it is that time again. Welcome to another episode of the 33 Fuel podcast. My name is Warren, I'm one of the co-founders here at 33 Fuel, and today on the show it gives me great pleasure to be hosting Mr. Jakob Block. Now, in his professional capacity, Jakob is CEO of a commodities headhunting firm that also deals with a lot of intensive knowledge, investigation, and sharing in that field. And funnily enough, you will not be unsurprised to know that this is not the main reason we have him on the podcast. Because alongside this, Jakob also has a very serious ultramarathon running addiction. Now you can see we might be starting to get somewhere. When you put these two things together, this is where the magic happens. Because what Jakob is able to do so nicely is to unpick what it really takes to balance a successful professional career along with a successful and intensive running career while also being able to have those two things benefit each other and be able to benefit his home life, his personal life and all of those things in between. And when you break this down, there are a lot of people who are seeking a balance, particularly with social media placing so many uh, demands on people, you must have the perfect body, you must get up at 5 a.m., you must eat perfectly, you must do all these things. There's a lot of indirect pressures that we can feel from, especially social media, but it's reflected in the mainstream media as well, which frankly, taken to their logical conclusions, are nothing more than a fast track to underperformance, depression, burnout, and all those other things, adrenal fatigue, illness, whatever it may be, none of them take you towards performance. What Jakob is able to uh, uh, really understand and, and speak to through his own experience is how you can balance performance in your athletic life and in your professional life so that they can both feed into making you a stronger, better person. It's about making that whole thing holistic. And also it's about prioritizing your home life, your family life, your social life alongside that. And being able to spin these plates so they work together rather than against each other. Um, and that, that's at the, the heart of, of this conversation. That's why I was so excited to, to get Jakob on the show. Um, there's a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, just apologies, the audio in the first few minutes, it's a little bit scratchy, but we, we fixed that up. We, we had a little bit of a headphone issue in the first few minutes. Uh, that'll be gone, so please bear with us on that. Um, but if you've ever wondered what a, a stopover ultra is in the context of a, of a long-haul flight, uh, if you're ever looking to see you know, what running or, or sport and exercise in general can give a leader and how to maximize those results, both for uh, behavior and also uh, sort of decision-making ability, well, there's gonna be plenty of that coming up. And uh, what I really like, two other things that Jakob broke out really nicely uh, alongside all the other stuff. Uh, the kind of exercise it takes to give you energy and what kind of exercise he finds can really help you uh, improve your sleep. Uh, as well as this, there is his fail-safe formula for creativity, which sums up so neatly something that I think a lot of us have felt but uh, he puts it into words brilliantly. So uh, look, that's really what we're all about at, at 33 Fuel. Uh, and with these podcasts, our vlogs, with our content, what we're all about is giving the very best possible tools to athletes everywhere so that everyone's able to raise their performance to be the best versions of themselves that they can be. We do it with all of this content, of course. We also do it in store at 33fuel.com with the best, the finest, the greatest, the tastiest, mightiest 
natural sports nutrition you have found anywhere. If you were to take sports nutrition and get rid of all the compromise, right? It's gotta taste great. It's gotta be great for you. It's gotta work brilliantly on race day. It's gotta work for your performance in the short term and your health in the long term. That is what we're all about. You will find everything you need for that at 33fuel.com. So look, with all this intro out of the way, time now to get into this conversation with Mr. Jakob Block. Uh, Jakob Block, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time this afternoon to join me for a chat. Thank you, Warren. Pleasure to be here. Uh, now, so here you are, uh, unusually by the looks of things, actually in the UK here, and also unusually not running. Um, I know you, you combine both sides of uh, what, what seems like this comfortably split personality between a very serious and extreme full-time CEO day job, um, and on top of that, uh, a rather extreme running habit as well. So I thought we'd kick off with the running to get things going. Um, how did you find yourself so immersed in the, in the world of ultra running? How did that journey come about for you? I started uh, about three, four years ago. Uh, so I haven't actually been running for that long. Um, wasn't a wasn't a runner much before then. Um, had an uh, as part of a rehab from an ankle operation. Um, running was gave me an opportunity to set some aims, um, and it was encouraged to get some movement around the ankle uh, and. And as part of setting those aims, um, the idea of of, um, of pitting myself and a colleague against uh, the Marathon de Sable in 2016 seemed a good idea at the time. Brilliant. That's so, how it came about. But I like that. Um, so you're injured. You have an ankle injury. There aren't that many people who would think the next logical step is to take up running, let alone that having started to run, the next logical step would be to take on uh, 150 plus miles across the Sahara carrying all your own kit. So um, I, I love the scale of the ambition, which I think we'll probably find plays into your work element as well. Um, just talk me through the, the injury a little bit. I mean, was it the specialists and doctors recommending that you actually start running on, on the ankle to help it? Or was this something that you thought may be helpful given that movement have been recommended yeah i think i think i think we could probably positively say it was the latter uh, i was i was i was actually thinking as you asked the question whether was this actually an outright recommendation from the from the consultant and i and i think it would be it would be disingenuous to suggest that it was um i think that was entirely self-imposed um obviously a movement of uh, actually a I think I think this sort of operation that I had, which is not not a particularly complex one, but um, if you have a, if you have cartilage damage as a result of a football injury, um, there is a way with a, with a you know to to uh, to fix you. But it they always say it's not a permanent fix. It's just uh, it's just pushing pushing the problem ten years down the line. Um, so I'm in that I'm in that ten year. Um, window at the moment so i better bet made the most of it no i think the, the the running was not something that was necessarily encouraged by by the doctor but i think the nature of trail running with the movement that it creates around your 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 ankle bone and the varied terrain uh i think has merits i think pounding 
pounding tarmac in the monotonous and hard fashion that that inevitably involves is is uh, could never be recommended for any sort of recovery. No, that that does make a lot of sense, Jacob. To um, pavement pounding works for some people. I've never found it works very well for me, but trail running does seem to. Uh, work a lot more muscles as the body has to stabilize itself, takes a bit of the impact out. But um, I'd still like to see the look on your consultant's face if uh, you had inter- when he finds out that you interpreted move your ankle a bit as, well, I'd better start running ultramarathons, <laughs> ideally carrying weight as well. Which brings us to the Marathon de Saab. Was this your first major ultra or even your first ultra? Had you run a marathon before you went out there? How, how did the progression go? Because it must have been very steep. Yeah, I, yeah, it was it was the first ultra, um, and at the time we signed up, yeah, we'd it felt somewhat fraudulent because we'd uh, we were five ten k runners, but um, but we we uh, we got up to speed. We got a we got a, a bib number a year earlier than we'd anticipated, um, and uh, so it shortened the uh, it shortened the the. The, the the training period um, by about uh, by about a year, so uh, we had six months, and uh, and we uh, it was myself and a colleague, so yeah, we uh, we we spent a lot of time together over that period, um, and I think it consumed the entire office um, for a period of time with. All the shenanigans associated with an MDS, um, the logistics, the packing, the training, uh, and of course the the, uh, the the interest from friends and family and business contacts. And you know we we teamed up with a with a local charity and we did a we did a lot of work for them um, and did yeah just uh, just you know the it, it the usual it takes over it takes over your 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 life and i think the um the the fun that i had as far as my consultant going back to your previous comment was that i in the end i had a chance of of sending him a you know a picture of my foot with a bank or with ankle with a with a with a medal hanging off it uh and just with a word thank you and uh it works so it it's um it was it was um it was a steep, it was a steep learning curve indeed. Um, but we managed to create a lot of momentum, and and we had full support of our families and the the our colleagues, uh, and you know more than more than just support. It was it was yeah they were they were they were encouraging us. They were pushing us. They uh, it 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 all helped. It's uh, doing the MDS is never a is never a solo effort. No, absolutely not. It's um, you, you have to. Uh, it takes a lot of people and a lot of a lot of work to get yourself over that finish line. But it, it seems that that for you, as for for many others, the the finish line was not really the finish because you've just carried on running ever since. I mean, do you, did you look at the MDS as a one-off, thinking, well, you know, I'm going to make a lot of significant life changes to achieve this goal, but they're temporary. Or was this part of a process? Well, you know, I'll run this, and then, then I'll see what's next. And you know, this is a springboard into further running. How, how was it for you? Because I say it looks like you've you've certainly kept piling on the ultramarathons ever since. Yeah, I, I think I think at the time of building up to the first MDS, I guess 
the honest answer is that I I I, I didn't know. Um, the 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 colleague that I ran with, he he uh, he hung up his boots um, after the race uh, and didn't really run since. And I, courtesy of LinkedIn, some some business contact uh, of mine said, "Do you want my do you want my bib for the London Marathon?" Uh, you know, a week after coming back from the MDS, and I. And I just, I said yes. I was, I was, I was hooked. I think it, it for me, it, it, uh, yeah, not just the MDS, but the build-up to it, but uh, but certainly the the whole experience of the MDS and and how it made me, how it made me feel. Um, I did. I I knew at that point this is this is not a one-off. Um, and uh, so for me. Sitting on that bus after the race, having not listened to a single track off the iPod during the entire race, but simply just taking taking in the extraordinary experience that it is running 156 miles across Sahara um, with a with a bunch of other lunatics that you didn't know when you signed up or that you didn't know when you arrived, but you left a lot of friendships richer, um, as well as what it's, what it gave me personally, just in terms of the time that I had with me, um, was something that I felt was was so profound, and and was never going to be a one-off. So yeah, I think the the um, the, the the that particular. Um, yeah, that particular lid of that box was was well and truly off. Uh, I I guess I knew it at that time. So uh, so you know it it led on to what about 23 races in the last in the last three years. So it, it it's it's been it's been um, it's been borderline addiction, I guess you could say. Um, it just happens to be one of those addictions that are not necessarily frowned upon. Um, so yeah, uh, for me it was it was it was a true eye opener. Now you mentioned, um, and with, with 23 races since, this is clear. I mean, this is something that we really want to get into uh, at, at the heart of this this show is balancing what is an extreme level of running with an extreme professional work personal life. So just. Give us a quick overview, if you could, of uh, your professional life, your your business, what you do, and and sort of what that demands of you on on the other side of the coin. Yeah, um, I uh, I'm the CEO of a uh, of a of a business that is involved in headhunting, talent advisory, um, research from an HR point of view. We have activities and offices um, here in Asia and in the US, and we undertake projects all over the world, um, a lot in Middle East, a lot in continental Europe, a lot in Asia, and a lot in North America. Um, we, we and me personally uh, work closely with leaders on building successful teams um, through actively identifying the talent that's required so we only work in areas where talent is is scarce and you need to be a bit more proactive 
about going out engaging with this sort of folk that you 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 wish to bring into your team that's where firms like mine and people like me come into the come into the picture it's um it's kind of the ultimate people business but it also has no closing time so you're always available you're always you're always in contact uh, um, and you, or at least my role, involves an enormous amount of travel, uh, and we have teams that are based around um, around the world. Um, last year, I covered eighty three thousand air miles on on fifty four separate flights, um, and and on top of that, I tried to get. You know, ten or twelve ultras in um, where I try to be as competitive as I can be. So, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's intense, and uh, and it calls for for uh, a strategy and a balancing act that's 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 um, difficult to it's difficult to perfect, and and it um, and every time you think you've nailed it. Something, something else, uh, something else changes that that that, that tweaks that picture, and um, and you feel you feel you feel a failure again. So, it's I mean, some of the things I think we're going to be talking about is also you know mental hacks and so on and so forth. And yeah, it's it's um, it's it's always work in progress. But it, it sounds like you you know clearly uh, in your professional capacity. There's a lot of you. You got to plan stuff. You got to organize stuff. You got to execute. Um, Marathon de Sable very similar. It, it's not an easy race um, to all intents and purposes. If you've done the training, um, the running's probably the easiest bit. It's all the unusual stuff. I.e., you're carrying equipment. You're in a climate you don't know. There is sand. There may be scorpions. Um, you're pretty much sleeping rough every night. You need to cook food. All of the surrounding pieces are really what makes your marathon de Saab tick. You can be fit, but if you haven't prepped the rest, if you're not going to sort your feet out and cook before you go to sleep, you're not going to make day three. Um, so I'm sure you must have been um, taking a very uh, seasoned and analytical approach to building your own strategy. Um, and I appreciate that, okay, it may not be finished yet, but you are spinning these plates at a much higher level than most people would even consider attempting. So that's what I'd really love to go into here. And I mean, I know we, we talked about some areas of this in terms of how do you achieve a balance between your, your professional life and your athletic life when they're both so full on? Um, and maybe also, even if you do achieve that balance, what happens to the rest of your life? So, I mean, there's an awful lot we could go into there. But why don't we uh, kick off particularly with the, uh, the idea of simply making this happen? Um, how do you manage in your routines and approach uh, the training, the racing, the work, and the travel? How do you segment them? How do you blend them? How do you manage the goals between the two? I mean, uh, give us an intro to that if you could. Yeah, okay. Um, I think 
I think, as I alluded to earlier, I think I actually think it's it's it, it's it's relatively impossible to get that to get that perfect balance. And I don't think you ever reach a point where you think, yeah, now I've 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 nailed it. I've got I've got this equalized perfectly. Uh, so I think for starters, I think it's it's important to try um, and not beating yourself up over not having perfected that balance um, and not compare and contrast you yourself with others who seemingly have it nailed and um, and and it and it makes you uh, it makes you feel like you're you're failing. I think that's. That's that's a starting point. Is that it's 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 about, you know, it's about you doing you, and uh, uh, and try and um, and try and do that with with the, the sort of least fallibility as you as you can. Uh, but accept that it will it will uh, that it's a picture that will be forever changing, and um, and and you have to try and navigate uh, along with those changes. So for me, it's it's also accepting that a different aspects that will take different priorities at different times. Um, and and for me, I mean, my 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 cocktail is is um, is about being uh, uh, a good dad to three wonderful kids. Uh, it's about building an empire which is what you see here and try and be a meaningful leader to my to my to my my colleagues it's it's about trying to be something to my father who went from being a gp to falling over and hitting his head and becoming you know brain damaged as a result of it and a, and a different and a different father as a result and it's about and then it's about training for and competing in ultras, and ultimately, it's about seeking adventures. So, five fairly large components, um, and they will, uh, and the order in which I read them out, uh, not necessarily the the order in which they take the priority at, uh, at all times. Um, so, in terms of hacks, and and um, input on how to, to get that balance, and I think from a personal point of view, um, for me, A, I go to bed early, and I get up early, and I get a lot of my, 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 my running and my training out of the way at times where uh, lots of other people sleep. So now that may mean that time? that I I. Sorry, I was, I was just saying. What what does an early bedtime uh, mean mean for you, and and what does an early rise mean? Just just to put it in context. Um, bedtime, I would say, uh, ten o'clock, and early rise would be say, uh, quarter to five, five or quarter past five, something like that. that that's that's um, that's a good and, good schedule. Yeah, and I think uh, if I if I run a lot in the morning, I find that I have a a lagging window at about three o'clock, and I would often go to my gym, catch some yoga mats and a pillow and an and an eye mask and 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 
take 20 minutes cat nap and that um so understanding how your how your own um how your own rhythm can be optimized i think is a, is a is a really good shout um i think it's uh, um it's it's not about kind of impressing people with oh i get up early and i do x y and z i think it's just find your own your own your own balance and i think the the long distance running is is a time thief and you need to figure out where you're going to where you're going to uh, secure that time from without it having a um, a, a, a big um, knock-on effect and taking time away from other aspects that you uh, that you may you may prefer to spend time on so for me that morning piece is is important um, Always bringing the trainers on business travel uh, is important. Uh, also, we're going to talk a little bit about jet lag as well. So I think that 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 dovetails nicely with that. Um, but it just means that you're you're able to to get running time in, you know, wherever you are. Luckily, it's one of the it's one of the few sports that that can be that can be really light on equipment. I say can be because I think. I think ultra running has proven that there is a, you know, the manufacturers have found a way to create a whole lot of gear that you supposedly cannot now run without. But actually, in its simplicity, um, is the trainers and uh, uh, and the rest. I think you can you can improvise. Then I would say, get the Audible app. You can eat your way through a hell of a lot of literature while you run. You can eat your way through a hell of a lot of podcasts while you run, which has to be good for business and just generally good for feeding your brain and your intellect. I would say commit to races ahead so you avoid this this peak and trough, this coming coming this this this. This kind of getting the post-race blues that you inevitably get when you've finished a race, and then what? And it's been a big focus, and and now it's done, and 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 you often sort of left in a bit of a lull. I think um, I try and get some sort of plan for the for the year ahead. It's made up of certainties, dreamer dreamer type of races, uh, lotteries, and maybes, but at least there's a plan. Uh, it may change uh, many times over, um, but I think you've got to try and put something together that has a little bit of ambition. Understanding that if you get injured, of course, everything, everything, uh, everything uh, changes. Um, I would say try and get the kids engaged. Friends and family can often be put off a bit by the long distances you end up running, um, which is a bit of a shame because actually. I would be just as happy running a 5k at any at any pace compared to you know half a marathon at speed you know it doesn't doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be hill runs it can be anything I just I think it's it's uh, uh, it's always frustrating from my side that if I ask somebody if they'd like to go for a run that it's somehow I don't know that somehow your 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 running track record um, kind of count with you and so I think I you know I think if you can get some some running pals I think that um, 
that can be good. I think for me, I, I use like my 12 year old son will go on his bike and I will run. And that means we can share some stuff together. You know, we've also recently picked up Thai boxing. So it gives us something fitness related we can do together. Um, and I think that helps get the buy-in. So you, you don't end up becoming the solo artist which I think can happen when things take over a bit on the, on, on, on the, on sort of pursuing ultra running. I would say if you can, if it's possible, if you can get a gym in your office, awesome. I, I've got one, but then that's, that's maybe an easier decision for me to make given the fact that I, I designed the office, but it doesn't have to be fancy. You know, you can, the, the, the treadmill that I got was, was gym grade as in like it was a, it was a proper commercial kit but it's 500 quid on ebay and and it, it it's it's a it's a it's a huge advantage i got a cross trainer as well it was around about the same price which is good because it's non-impact and it allows me to to pick up kind of running fitness uh, immediately after after races it's good for rehab when you have niggles and so on and so forth but it also just allows you to in the absence of time uh, and living in the UK, so sometimes it's also absence of decent weather, uh, that you can get some sort of structure going. You just get it to, to play around, around your life. Um, then I would say get a decent running watch that has some control and tabs on what your, what your heart's doing. Uh, I've got a sort of a heart rate, um, watch that tells me when to push, when to pull back. And I, I do a little, little check every month to see how the, how the watch is interpreting what I'm doing. And I think that's, that's a, that's a, it's a bit of tech and who doesn't like that, but it also, it, it for me, it, it, um, it, it gives another good clue as to, as to what I should be doing. And, uh, and it could be, you know, kick up the ass or it could be, you know, hey, hold fire, you're risking injuring yourself. And I think that's quite useful. And then I would say, finally, I would say, get a good physio and, and make sure that you, you go to him or her early when you have niggles. Um, I think that, that's a godsend. But actually, if you want to pursue this sort of running, that physio will be on your Christmas card list pretty soon you'll you'll see you'll see a lot of each other um and but it's a lot better to go to a physio than going for surgery or, or anything else for that matter so so yeah those would sort of be my 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 hacks on getting the balance well that's a that's a really good and and comprehensive list there and i i like the uh i, I particularly like the the point about the physio there and, and i think that maybe ties into something you mentioned earlier about your your ankle injury where um, you were basically told, you know, we can't fix this like completely, but we can buy you another 10 years or, or whatever it may be. And, and I have a little pet theory that running injuries are a window into the future, as in the thing that stops you running today is the thing that will, if you weren't running, is the thing that's going to stop you walking in 20 years. Therefore, you've kind of got this advanced warning of where the weaknesses are. You can do something about it. Um, you keep regular contact with a good physio and build a relationship. You, you do prehab as well as rehab. Um, 
you're strengthening your your whole biomechanical system so that you know today the goal is well i want to run five more ultras this year but maybe in 60 50 30 whatever it is years the goal is i want to be able to get out of a chair on my own you know i mean <laughs> ultimately they they all play into the same thing um and, and just with that theme in mind uh you mentioned jet lag alongside that i mean 54 flights in in one year for you recently um plus we, we all know that primarily a lot of work involves sitting down, whether it's around conference tables or, or at the laptop or whatever it may be. Uh, sitting down and running are generally not things that go together well, whether you're sat on a plane, whether you're sat in a meeting. You know, you suddenly then want to go and run. Well, maybe the body's not very happy. It's been in the wrong situation for a while. That's why so many people, you know, whether it's lower back, whether it's knees, whether it's hamstrings, whatever it may be. Um, have you had sort of any core biomechanical issues you've needed to repair and how do you find how, how do you manage to navigate um you know time sat down whether on flights or, or for work versus time spent running and making sure that you're able to do both while uh, not having to see your physio unnecessarily or, or running yourself into injury which just <clears throat> ends the whole game right there yeah i think uh i think yeah i think the almost an expected part of of ultra running is that you will you will have bone stress related injuries uh for me it's been um you know ankle and shins um so the parts of the body where you you, you have probably you know the poorest blood circulation and uh, um and yeah it has led to me leaving um at least one ultra race in a in a in a wheelchair when when you just when when you know when when you get the reaction you get from from bone stress now i've i've been i've luckily avoided uh, outright stress fractures uh on my shins uh but it's a balancing act and um uh and i and i think it's it's part and parcel of um of the type of running i have changed my running technique i've added poles for instance and uh, adding um, adding compression adding uh, kinetic tape to different ways to try and experiment with how you can a alleviate the the pressure on on certain parts of your body when you execute an ultra but also to try and and prevent these issues arising by by uh, by improving your blood circulation and so on now in terms of um, in terms of the challenges you allude to around uh, having a, 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 a desk-based job and, um, and then exposing yourself to this type of, this type of, um, these type of sort of athletic challenges, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a good point because, um, some of my, some of my friends that are, that are, that are triathletes or whatever, their day job or, you know, could be, as a carpenter now so you know they will buy a i mean on top of having having quite a structured uh, timetable that makes it a lot easier for them to to uh, to 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 structure their training around they also have a job where they're they're standing and they're using their body and they're lifting and and and, and so on and so forth so for me it, it's 
I, I guess when it, if I get a long run in in the morning, um, resting for the rest of the day, or let's take yesterday for instance, I ran in the morning, um, probably have the rest of the day sitting down, and then I went um, for an hour's Thai boxing in the evening. So that's a pretty full-on day. Although my 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 watch suggests that you know. They, they watched her thing said go for it last night and I sort of thought that's that's um that's a little unfair uh, um, but I think the the you know I think if you can get a long run in early that's also then then I think you're you're you you, you can you can allow yourself um and not feel guilty about uh sitting at your desk uh clearly um clearly if you could have your meeting standing up great I'm loving the stand-up desks, but again, you're talking about something that's, unless it's there in your office and somebody has invested in that, you're you're a bit snookered. But you know, uh, having having meetings standing up, great. I think when I'm when I'm in London or through airports, you take the stairs. Where even if you much prefer the lift or much prefer the escalator, um, I think um, I think when it comes to to sitting on airplanes, I always pay extra to get some some leg room. I mean, I'm 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 six foot two, but you know, I still, you know, I I don't I don't need good business cards if I can get a really good deal, and they're a bit few and far between. So you gotta you gotta buy the little advantages where you can. Uh, I bring I, I borrowed a complex muscle stimulator from my physio often use that in midair um it's a very good way to stimulate the which one is that yeah which one is it is is that the stuff like the actual sleeves that go over the leg or or is it or is it something else i'm i'm uh, I, I forget which one no no this is this is one where you actually you 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 put on these um basically two little sticky patches and then there's there's wires attached to them that will then, well, you then send a current through them, I guess, uh, and you you then set whether whether it's to blood flow or recovery or heavy legs or it's got a it's got a thousand different settings, uh, and and I think my my physio just taught me a handful of them, but it it, it basically it just it just creates a spasm in your uh, of of the muscle. Um, I'm sure there's a there's a there's a there's a more eloquent way of putting it. But I think it, it it just creates movement, creates blood flow in in, um, in 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 your legs, which I guess is is um, is paramount to recovery, but also for maintenance. And uh, and I often on the back of a long haul, I often do an ultra. Uh, so you'd argue that it's not. It's not the best way to set yourself up for running an ultra, having just been on a on a on a long haul, and then step off and then immediately get on a race bus to to some remote mountain somewhere to be to get yourself race ready. So the complex for me has been has been has been a good way, and so has you know those those uh, highly attractive compression tights. You just got to be a, a bit. Um, Careful that you're in private when you wear them, uh, and uh, um, you know I think it's 
it's uh, they're good to you sleep with them on, and you know you wake up, they give you they give you again improved uh, circulation. I don't really do ice baths and that sort of stuff. I just uh, I don't think I've ever am in locations where there's necessarily enough ice cubes. But I think I think yeah, I'd probably if if one could, you'd add ice ice bath to that. Well, that, that sounds like a, a good kit. The um, I, I know exactly what you mean about the the compression uh, wear. And for anyone who's wondering which bit, I'm I'm guessing that you are thinking about the kind of full length compression sock, which really is a woman's yeah. hold up tight, pretty much. Which yeah. Um, yeah, they're fine when they're under your clothes, but uh, you need either an, an understanding wife or or no no overlooked windows when you're when you're wearing those without anything else. Yeah. So, but the, the Compex, uh, that sounds really interesting. And do you ever have people on aircraft wondering what you're doing, rummaging around with the box of wires in, in, you know, in the current anti-terrorist airline <laughs> climate? I'm just wondering if you maybe get the occasional slightly worried glance from the stewards and stewardesses as you're there sort of wiring up your legs in the middle of the flight. <laughs> Yeah, both both at that point and also very much when you go through security. Anything, I guess, anything with wires um, is going to get a bit of extra scrutiny. But it's um, it, it's it, it actually works very it it works very well. But yeah, it it does it does raise a few eyebrows. And so for the um, just to, the, to finish up on on the flying side um, by putting so many flights in, like like we said, you know, you, you had a, a re- recently fifty four flights in the year. You're potentially running a race straight off the back of that, which on the one hand sounds crazy. On the other hand, you're like, well, it's sort of taper to a degree. You may be able to manage those times. But what about the jet lag? I mean, that relates to anyone going long haul anywhere. Uh, What are your preferred ways to to manage the jet lag? Because, you know, from the look of your, your social media and the other stuff you put out there, you know, you are potentially landing and running within an hour not that you necessarily yeah. always do but you know what's yeah, but at the same time it's not like it's a holiday you've still got to be in a business meeting at 7 a.m the next morning just tell us yeah. a little bit about that if you could because i, I think that's uh I, I think there's a chance that jet lag could be optional in some cases but h- how do you go about managing it i do i do one or two things i so if i so one is the kind of the stopover ultra, which is a principle I've added to my travel in the last couple of years. Okay, uh, that's that's different to normal jet lag management. But let's do take that one first. So I figured out that if you're traveling 13 hours to Singapore anyway, uh, and you're there for the week. So it's a it's a five six day investment of your time anyway. Um, I, you know, in January last year, I, I signed up for the Angkor Ultra in, um, in Cambodia, the Angkor Wat area. Uh, so a world heritage site run amongst the temples. Um, and we figured out that logistically we could do this by an extra 30 hour investment. So a little bit of extra cost, 30 hours extra, a little bit of extra uh, carbon footprint, but a, a profound experience. Whereas, and, 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 the, and those 30 hours for me that I was in Cambodia, 
Um, well, it dealt with a couple of things. First of all, when you run that sort of distance and any ultra will have you up at three o'clock at night. Now, that's that's a problem with your normal body clock, but it's not a problem when you're jet lag because you're probably up at that time anyway. So uh, so there's a there's a there's a slim advantage there. Um, but actually, the 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 the, the profound impact of experience that goes with that with that type of event i think there's something about that extreme endurance and extreme proximity to mother nature in an environment that's just i don't know your 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 senses are are, are so heightened that whatever input you get during the 30 hours feels like you've been there for 3 months and and I, I, I promise you, Warren, that the, the, the business trips I've had for the last 10 years to Singapore have been have been positively unmemorable. But this one will this one will will I'll never forget that trip, you know, for that for that 30 hour extra investment. So for me, that was pretty rich on on um, on uh, both something that would feed my mind um, and and also something that really knocks the jet lag into um, it, it really it really it really deals with it in a very comprehensive way but there's no way you're ever going to run an ultra distance unless you're part of a race when you just arrive so the stopover hack is is one thing which is one thing that I think is really exciting but I also totally understand that for some people they will say well listen Jakob it's I've already been away from my family for five, six days. I don't want to add another uh, 30 hours or whatever you can slim it down to. I'd rather just get home and spend time with my family. I totally get that. I'm just saying that I've experimented with adding that relatively minor extra and it's given me a, 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 you know, a massive uh, return on, on, that, uh, on that cost and time investment. I think I think the, the 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 question around jet lag and how I how I manage that because I think it is it is a smart way where running can can play a part. Um, for me, it's it's a, it's a, it's understanding what distances what impact different distances have on you. I think I have it I have it um, I have a I'm very in tune with what different distances means for the rest of my day. So I know what distance I need to give me an energy boost. I know what distances I need to slow me down or to make me sleepy. Uh, and as long as you don't get those modeled up, so don't go for an energy boost distance and pace when you want to slow yourself down and sleep and vice versa. And, and so what would, what, I think would be, what, what would be an energy boost distance pace for you and what would be a sort of uh, slow yourself down type of run. What, what what do those two things look like? Because that's a great concept. Yeah, I think I think an energy booster. If you're tight for time, is 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 a fast five k. If you've got a bit more time, it's a it's a it's a fast ish ten k. Um, those are for me. They, they those are those are distances and 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 depending on what what sort of pace you can you can you can manage. Those are energy boosters. If I want to be tired, I need to get to the sort of half marathon distance. Um, and, um, and again, I, I, will, I will do that on an urban run in, uh, in Singapore. I will find a coastal, sorry, coastal urban. It's all a bit the same out there. Um, 
you know, find a find a find a nice coastal run and uh, um, and and probably cover anything between sixteen and twenty five k. That would normally that would normally have a, a good kind of jet lag equalizer, and it would allow me to go to go to sleep and uh, and, and and wake up relatively uh, adjusted time wise. Nice, nice. I, I I love that idea of actually uh, understanding how the runs affect your body and and what sort of a run or, or exertion level produces different results and and what sort of result you're looking for, so you can uh, you can yeah. achieve that. Now, in the broader business world, it's something I've been very interested in, uh, and I'm hoping you can shed some light on it. Um, Clearly, we speak uh, a similar language, as will most of the people listening to this, in terms of understanding the benefits of looking after yourself, fitness, pushing yourself, challenge, all, all of that stuff. But I don't know how much of that message gets to the broader community, I mean, the broader business community. From, from my perspective, it appears that a healthy CEO should be allied to a healthy business. Um, you know, the people at the helm of the business should not look like they're about to drop dead tomorrow. Um, and running and physical exercise brings with it a host of, as long as you get the balance right, physical and mental benefits, both in terms of stimulating your thought, uh, you know, giving you that thinking time, uh, also helping your, your mood, um, helping you, as you talk about, you know, be more refreshed for that meeting when you've arrived on the other side of the world. But is this a message that resonates with the broader business community, do you find, or do they not really make any sense of it? I mean, uh, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, I think uh, part of this is from personal experience and part of it is just a, 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 um, a, a curiosity I've, I've, uh, I've developed on, on, the, um, on the subject, but even the curiosity has grown out of my personal experience with it. So the correlation between between running trails and 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 running a business is something that um, caught my interest when I returned from from my first ultra, and um, and I think um, I think I think issues around uh, increased empathy levels when you return from an ultra. Um, Maybe born out of um, having had switch off time. Maybe born out of having an opportunity to pit yourself against something that you know we're perhaps not naturally conditioned for. Um, you know, has a has a in my opinion has a profound positive impact on uh, on your on your leadership. Uh, and on how you deal with problems and how you deal with colleagues and and what you are like to be around as a as a as a colleague, let alone a leader. Um, and I think so. I think it, it, it's it, it has to be part of. I, I think fitness has to be part of the 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 toolkit for a CEO. Now I, I feel privileged to be a to run I understand that that many of my many of my 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 age peer group they 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 
they may not be able to, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be running. I mean, there are many non-impact uh, uh, sports that um, that one could partake in that that may not necessarily have the the um, the, the modern nature element, which I think I, I I don't think is unimportant here because I think it's it's part of what makes the old ultra is irresistible is is a big part of it is that proximity to nature and and i guess the the relative unpredictability in a in a in in an, in a lifestyle that otherwise is actually entirely predictable uh, i think this, this that, that i don't think that's unimportant uh, at least not not um, not not from my point of view but i think that Let's talk about some more tangible things uh, in terms of what I feel it gives a leader. Um, there's the processing time um, where you can see. I find that whatever you choose to think about when you run, and that is a choice, um, actually often on on ultras when I when I when I race, if you like, I, I'm not entirely sure that I like the word racing because I think it it, it implies that you are racing against others I, I don't actually uh, um, I don't actually really see it like that but I think that the, the point is you've got time yeah and you've got processing time whatever you choose to use that period for um, sometimes I don't use it for processing I use it for for not thinking about anything so call it a cleanser um, other times I do use it to process business issues, but that tends to be that tends to be part of my training. So that's your every day. That's not when I go in a desert somewhere and I go on a mountain somewhere. It, it's a um, that's your, that's my everyday training. I use that as 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 time to process often process business problems, and also to think about the business and to think about the uh, and having that creative input that uh, that that I. I um, that that I that I often associate with with my running. I'll 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 give you a bit more of an idea on that because I I often need to have a notepad right next to the treadmill in the office, and there's a there's a there's a reason for that. And I don't know if you've um, I don't know if you come across it or ever tried it, Warren. But um, fat coffee or bullet coffee is is normally what I. Um, is normally what I what I what I fuel myself up with um, before I run in the morning. So this is pre-breakfast time. Um, so the the combination of that refined brain oil and the organic butter and the double shot of organic coffee, plus the endorphin rush of running, it, it's it, it's an idea creating creating machine on steroids. And uh, and it and it, it it becomes it becomes a pretty uh, exciting part of the day, where you can where you can often come up with ideas and uh, and solutions to problems that may that you may otherwise be a bit stuck on. So. So yeah, I mean, I use that positive stress or that positive sense of being wired for the benefit of the business. Um, it is it, uh, something I've made work for me plenty. Um, I have a I have a very strong view that mountain marathons they will they will they will give you energy, and road marathons will take that energy away. And I 
unless they, you've tried both it, it may it may not make sense but i but i promise anybody who, who is listening to this who have not tried both i think once you try uh compare and contrast you will you will um you will you'll understand where i'm coming from so yeah mountain races will give it you energy and 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 the tarmac version will take it away so going back to your point about ceos yeah i i <laughs> I think, I think, as you alluded to, I think the fitness is intrinsically linked to brain and mental health. I think that should be uh, that should be pretty paramount to anybody leading a business, um, leading others, or burning the candle at both ends. Whatever CEO that you have, I, I think uh, I think that person needs to be. Um, needs to be everything they can be for the business they're leading, and uh, and I, uh, for me, the fitness piece is is uh, is is a pretty key part of 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 a healthy mind. I think the um, that that sheds a, a lot of nice light on that, but I, I really uh, got the your description of you know. I'm imagining it's it's early morning, everyone else is asleep, you're knocking back some coffee uh, before you go out, you're taking the run, and it, it's almost like an equation, you know, and I, I just scribbled a couple of notes here. You know, coffee plus run plus endorphins equals creativity. And I think that's such yeah. a lovely way to put it. Um, I've certainly experienced that. I've never put it down as succinctly as that. That that's. I think you've just unlocked a kind of um, running type of E equals MC squared there, Jacob. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Hopefully, some you know try it. It's um, yeah, it's a potent cocktail. What can I say? Yeah, no, it, it, it's, uh, it, it, it must be. And having that, I, I like the way you refer to it as processing time as well. You know, that time where, uh, whether it, in any long physical endeavor, there's a certain beautiful simplicity, like in the case of an ultra, well, one foot in front of the other the, until you get to the end of it. Um, therefore, there's a lot else that the mind can do, and it forces you out. Uh, you're, not, you're not connected, particularly. You're not on your phone, you're not taking messages, you're not talking to people. Therefore, that 10,000 foot view that so many uh, business leaders or, or writers would talk about, you're forced into it. And, and that sounds to be like your, your experience from it. And that's able to be a benefit, presumably for your, your business brain as much as for your personal brain, you know, in terms of personal relationships, your kids, your father, all of those things you talked about, you know, being able to be the best person you can be there. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, uh, I think the, you know, whatever, whatever you, you know, this idea of putting yourself, you know, in, in kind of in harm's way of whatever mother nature might decide to throw at you, um, and coming away from that experience, realizing that it's, it's all, it's all doable. And um, and the 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 distances are just you know numbers. Let's let's not let's not let's not forget that you could decide to walk it. You know, as long as you obviously there's cutoff times and whatnot. And 
for me, I don't want to walk a race. I don't want. Uh, I'm there for the running, but but it's it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not like an Ironman, you know. Is you know you there is a there is a clock ticking somewhere, but it's a, it's the, the aim is the finish line. It's the finish time is a nice to have, but ultimately, the finish time is is affected by lots of unknown factors. Unlike a unlike a city marathon where there's a lot of there's a lot of focus on the finish time. Even even a non-runner will know to ask a runner so what was your finish time you know whereas you finish an ultra it's not a question that you get and um and the bits that you come away with well at least from personal experience is not it's not about the hardship it's and all the movies that are put together and some have been some have actually been picked by the MDS Expo because they're emphasizing the smiles and the human connections and the laughs and and the the sort of not the not the chest thumping kind of this is hard, aren't we? You know, uh, you know, we're doing something that's ultra human. I I I I. I completely disagree with that. I, I would I would like to see ultra running become more 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 of an aim for more regular runners because I think it's such a special experience. And I think if I could, you know, I load out a few stories and videos to try and educate and inspire people on LinkedIn, you know, to get perhaps more suits and C suites out on the trails because I think it has a it has it has a profound positive impact. Uh, it's not to promote the competitiveness. I mean, running is whatever you want it to be, um, but I think it's it, it, for me um, in terms of mental health and in terms of my own equalizer and what it's given me. I I would like others to 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 reap the same benefits. So that's why I I like to. You know, I like to work with people like you. I like to get the message out there. Uh, I like to get a few stories out. I've found that the business community are curious about it and are supportive. Um, and and yeah, I'm I'm hopefully next year we'll be sort of launching the first commodity ultra to get a few C suites out and join me. So that's the plan. And and to get them out in nature because something you said related to this that really resonates and uh, the difference between a city marathon uh, versus a, an ultra which normally is going to be found in nature because uh, partly because that's sort of where it's grown up but also when you need to go that far um, and the races are going to be smaller in terms of the entry numbers you're not going to close down a city center you know you're not going to close down a city centre for 20 hours while people go and run round and round it and probably people are going to be less inclined to the the natural element of trail running of the ultramarathon the way people are it puts you in that environment um i think it does give a lot and i i, I don't know for certain what the evidence behind this is i certainly know the japanese have what they call forest bathing as in literally going for a walk in nature as a way of sort of cleansing the system and Truly, it does. In you know, in a city, getting into a park, getting out somewhere where you can breathe air, you really feel like you're recycling it through the body and 
getting some of that city dirt out of you. But um, the natural element is such a, or can be such a spur. I love your idea. Uh, another little note I scribbled down here. Get more suits and C-suites out on the trails. I mean, good for them, good for business. Yeah. And it, it sounds like, did actually, are you plotting uh, a commodities trading ultramarathon to try and literally spearhead that movement? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I figured I figured I'd better um, put my money where my mouth is, and so yeah, we got we got we got some plans. Um, and I, I think it's it's uh, yeah, it will be, that will be a little sort of commodity centric. The community, of course, will be coming from a from from the same industry, but actually, uh, um, it's not meant to be sort of a, a networking opportunity. I think if we all brought a whole lot of work with us on the trail. It would sort of negate the, the purpose for going in the first place. Because actually I found that with, with, uh, with a lot of the ultras, one of the nice things about the, particularly the multi-stage, because the multi-stage will tend to have a social element. Uh, well, of course, because you, you, you camp at night. Um, and not to say that the, that the, that the non-stops don't, because you've got the before and the after and the during and the checkpoints, and they're, they're quite supportive as well. But, but multi-stage have a, have a unique social aspect. And again, you can't complete a multi-stage ultra on your own. You know, you need to also know how to, you know, navigate yourself socially uh, in that setting. One thing I thought was, was, uh, was particularly refreshing um, unlike most dinner parties where, you know, what you do for a living is, 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 you know, is inevitably coming up and, and, and you will be judged accordingly. I found when you're standing there with your bag in, uh, in Sahara, uh, nobody really cares what you do for a living. You're all in the same boat. It's a great leveler. Um, it's very inclusive and you start judging people for completely different qualities and actually what they do for a living is 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 completely irrelevant may come up on day four uh, to understand what do you do when you're not out here but it's it, i found at least that it was it was um it, it was refreshingly far down the uh, the the list of questions and i think it was because but different qualities you were looking for and you had time and there was no judging a book by its cover. Um, there was a chance to, to talk to people and get to learn people, obviously, particularly your bivouac mates. And yeah, I was struggling a bit to understand the, the lad from Newcastle, but that was because I'd never really heard English spoken like that. Um, but we, we, uh, we, 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 I'm sure he was struggling with many aspects of, of living with me too, but it was, it was just, yeah, it was just the social aspects were, 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 were brilliant. And what you learn about how you navigate with, with others there is just, yeah, again, it's a, it's a great life experience. So I think that's also what makes, or make these uh, um, the takeaways from from these from these ultra races much much greater than than uh, than what um, what most people will focus on when they sign up, which is the distance and the running challenge in itself. 
um, and hopefully what they will come away with is a sense of achievement of having completed that distance and having having achieved the goal they set out to do. But the lovely derivatives they get with them on completing it, I think will take them by surprise. And those those derivatives are related to them discovering parts of themselves that they didn't know before, limits or lack of of themselves and persistence levels that they would never have had a chance to actually put to the test before. And then also the human elements of, of, of uh, overcoming challenges with other people, people that you didn't know before, but now you are working and collaborating with, supporting each other, you know, right down to, you know, sharing foods and, and, uh, um, and if, if somebody's lost something, you, you help each other out. Nobody, nobody brought anything just in case you cannot, that's not that you cannot have that in your bag. And I remember James Cracknell told me at one of the experts before we went, he said, Jakob, a single piece of advice, find some mates with, with big bags because there will be food in there that they will not uh, need and you can start eating it. And, um, and I did, and, and that technique worked well. And, um, and, and it was again. It was the lad from Newcastle, uh, Dan. And I think I, I think we. I think he he got the nickname Tuck Shop Dan, and he had had an enormous rucksack. And I remember I helped him in the evenings uh, because he'd broken the zip of his gaiters, and and he figured that with these these piano hands, I could get my my fingers in to undo his zip. To his gaiters, that is, um, and um, he said in return I could have anything from his bag. And I've never tried pop tarts before, and now I'm that experienced, richer as well. And uh, so I think that works really well. I mean, also, but before everybody adopts that strategy, I must also highlight when I attended the um, the first MDS in Peru, the the first and only full MDS in Peru. Uh, the year after, um, I realized that when I met all my tentmates, it appeared that we'd all adopted the same strategy. So all the bags were lean and very little was given away. So, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, everybody has a, everybody has a strategy on what, what, what to do, what not to do with MDS. But for me, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, my point was around the people and my and the strongest experiences that I've had from from if not the 23 races, but far the majority of the races is is the 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 experience that I've had on a human level. And it, it's that experience that I think makes your your social channels a really good spot because it's there's a lot of social media out there around ultra running endurance sports, but the messages you're looking to put out there to encourage people to go and try these things, to learn a bit more about it, and to show that there's, it's as much the experience, the people, and what it will give you back as it is running however many miles it may be. Um, if people wanted to go and check some of those places out, where are the best places online where, where people could find you? Would it, would it be your Instagram account or, or are there other spots as well? 
Uh, Instagram is probably a uh, uh, Instagram is good. Uh, it's rich on photos and and stories. Um, that's Danish dot ultra runner. That's it. Um, or in business, which will also have some running content uh, and a few video interviews with um, with with runners and business people, and sometimes both. And that's anybody on LinkedIn will find me uh, on just using my name, Jacob Block, and that's yeah, you'll probably have that written, but that's Jacob with a K and Block B L O C H. And that's that's um, uh, if if any of this sounds like your cup of tea, then you should follow me on that. Um, I will. I try and get the balance right um, by not not forgetting my day job, but also try and blend in a bit of running related uh, content, uh, but often with a little bit more of a, a business angle on it, a little bit more of a mental health angle on it. Um, yesterday. Uh, I uploaded a, uh, an interview that I did with uh, Gideminas um, on the finish line of the Vermont 100. And he has a, a, an incredible uh, angle on why he entered ultra running and what it, what, what, how important, how, what ingredient that plays in his ongoing management of his own mental health. Um, and, and he gives a very honest, uh, an, an eloquent account of, um, of, of that, of that journey and, and, and what running is to him. So I figured stuff like that, which is less about, you know, awesome photography and finish line photos and metal Mondays and all the rest of it that I try and keep for, for Instagram. And then I try and keep a little bit more of a blog, uh, video blog, um, uh, a little bit more business content, you know, on, on, on LinkedIn, you know, where we might examine stuff like jet lag management, mental health, you know, getting an edge on, on, on business and how you use fitness and sport and ultra running to try and, to try and uh, give yourself an edge. So yeah, those would be the two outlets, Instagram and LinkedIn. That's, um, gladly, gladly see you all there. Well, spot on. Uh, the links to those, everyone, will be in the show notes below. Um, so, Jacob, thank you for, for carving out the time for us in the schedule today. Um, really, uh, a really fun conversation. We covered tons of areas. I know we could do a load more. Um, and uh, I, I look forward to catching up, whether it's uh, out on a trail, in a race, or who knows, in an airport somewhere. Warren, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, really nice to spend some time. I appreciate all your questions and, and the time you've taken. So until next time. So there you have it, folks. Mr. Jacob Block. Give that man a great big hand. I reckon he knocked that one out of the park. Uh, if you weren't inspired to uh, get out running or, or getting some exercise in around your work or your travel before that, you sure as heck are now. Um, and if there's uh, one thing that is imprinted onto my brain after that, uh, it's Jacob's formula for creativity. Coffee plus run plus endorphins equals creativity. I absolutely love that one. He has inspired me. I have a meeting to get to early tomorrow morning um, and it's on the other side of London. It's not exactly a pretty route to be going, but I am going to be running there nice and early after a spot of coffee. 
let the brain marinate on the way and let's see what comes out of that meat when I get there. Uh, fortunately, the person I'm meeting is hopefully going to be understanding of the fact that uh, I'm then going to be shuffling around our meeting in a tracksuit. Um, still, never mind, I can, uh, I'll let you know how that one gets on next time. So look, thanks very much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed this show. Uh, all of the notes and links for Jacob and everything else, you'll find them in the show notes below. And of course, don't forget, the next time you need the very best in high-performance natural sports nutrition, get yourself over to 33fuel.com. We've got absolutely everything you could need. See you next time.